Happy New Year. You're listening to The River Walk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today we're going to talk about division and unity. We want to go into 2022 united as a body of believers. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy. If you have a Bible this morning, I want to begin the day in Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to spend a lot of time also in 1 Corinthians today. I'm going to try to not tarry too long today, but I want to share what God's led on my heart. And God has led a lot of scripture on my heart today. New Year's, y'all have heard me say it before. This is fifth or sixth one since I've been here. It's always one of my favorite holidays. Time when we get to look forward. We've got so much to look forward to this year. Looking forward to our revival. I'm looking forward to seeing Caitlin graduate, Carissa graduate. I'm looking forward to seeing Kelsey and George Adam get married. We've got so much to look forward to this year. But today we are going to begin it. We are going to begin this year as a church by partaking in the Lord's Supper after the service today. After we give an invitation, we're going to partake in this, what some call communion. The Gospels record this event and Jesus' ministry as a symbol of the new covenant. A question that we need to ask ourselves sometimes is, why exactly do we do this? And I think as believers, I can identify three reasons, not just one, but three reasons that we take part in the Lord's Supper. Number one is quite simply because we're commanded to. We're commanded to. Jesus said, when you take of this cup, do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said to do it. Paul gave the instructions of the ordinance that I'm going to read when we do it in 1 Corinthians 11. When the Bible instructs Christians to do something, we do it. Why wouldn't we? The Bible instructs us to be baptized. We get baptized. When the Bible instructs us to come and learn Under a preacher, we do that. And when the Bible instructs us to partake of the Lord's Supper, we do that. We do it to remember. Number two, we do it to remember. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. It's symbolism of his body that was given and his blood that was shed. It's so when we get together as one accord, we never, ever, ever forget who Jesus was and why he came. We never forget The sacrifice he made on Calvary. But there's also another reason. And that's the reason I want to focus on today. And that is to be in community with other believers. To be unified. It's why we call it communion. And we'll read the verse in 1 Corinthians 10 in a minute. But to be in community with with one another. It's a time to be in community with other believers. And and think about this, not only just here today, not only even just alive today, I would suggest, but past and present. It's an ordinance that stressed all the way from the original disciples with Jesus at that Lord's Supper table. All over the world today, we celebrate this. As a believer, you are part of something eternal You're part of an eternal community, part of the body of Christ. Now, this ordinance was given to the first Corinthian church or the Corinthian church. And you can read that ordinance in first Corinthians 1123. But before the Apostle Paul gets there, before he gets to talking about the Lord's Supper, before he he gets to talking about the cup and the bread, He spends literally the entire book of 1 Corinthians dealing with one thing, dealing with division. 
It's in your bulletin this morning, and I, I want to just you to see at the very beginning of 1 Corinthians in verse chapter 1, verse 10, he says, look, I appeal to you, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and of the same judgment. Paul wanted this Corinthian church to stop being divided. And maybe some were more united than others, but what he really wanted, what Paul really sought in all the churches that he wrote to and all the churches that he planted, he sought to have one unified body of believers. Because division is dangerous. And where Christ seeks to unite, the devil seeks to divide. It is the beginning of a new year, so I thought it would be good to let's look at the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 23. God made this beautiful, beautiful world we live in. Things were perfect. He made man, and then he decided that it was not good for man to be alone, so he made a woman. He took a rib from Adam, and then you see Adam's words in verse 23. Genesis 2 verse 23. It says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they both were naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I want to go here this morning because right here, right here in the very, very beginning, you see God's original design. You see man and you see woman, but you also see something else here behind the scenes that we don't pay a lot of attention to. You see perfect, perfect unity. Literally one flesh, one man, one woman. Not only were they unified together as husband and wife, they were unified together as human beings, and they were also unified together with God the Father walking among them. And we're about to read that. Things were great. When they were naked, they were not ashamed because they had no sin to be ashamed of. They were as God intended, united. Things were perfect. Things are great when things are united. Now, I don't know how much time passed between chapter 2 and chapter 3. Maybe they just lived a day united. Or maybe it was a year. Maybe it was 50 years. I don't know. But things were good until another character enters the story. And that starts in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said... You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. 
And we'll stop there in Genesis, but you can read on and you see the results of this is just disastrous. Now they're ashamed. Now they're divided. They were first divided against each other. Then they became united in sin and divided against God. But I want you to see what happened that Satan used division to introduce sin into the world. He made sure that Eve was by herself. I don't know where Adam was. Maybe he was a few feet away or maybe he was a long way away. But what's clear from the story, Satan did not go to both of them. He went to one. He made sure that Eve was away from Adam. And he also made sure that that she was away from God. He was crafty. And he's crafty like that even today, thousands of years later. Thousands of years later. That's why this year that I guarantee you Satan will try to keep you away from a Bible-based church. He wants to keep you away from Bible-based sermons. He wants to make you question the very Word of God like he did Eve. Because he knows that if you're divided against Christ's church, you'll be divided against Christ himself. And the results are disastrous. Make no mistake. 2022 will be filled with times that Satan will try to keep you away from God's church, God's people, all to keep you away from God himself. If it hasn't happened already with the rain and the cold, believe me, it will. Satan wants to divide us. He wants to divide our wants and desires to go against what God wants and desires. I could just imagine when he's talking to Eve. Eve, look at this fruit. It looks good. It's fine. Who cares what your husband would think? Who cares what your God would think? Today we hear that kind of doctrine preached around even churches. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. It's going to be your year. It's going to be all about you. Who cares? Who cares what your church thinks? Who cares what your husband thinks? Who cares what your pastor thinks? Who cares what your wife thinks, your husband's? It's all about you. I want to tell you, follow your heart is one of the most dangerous doctrines you could hear today. The human heart, the human condition desires to be God, not to follow God. Satan knows that. This first sermon in 2022, I'm preaching to you to not follow your heart but to ask God to give you a new heart. And thirdly from this story, talk about division. Satan used the woman that Adam loved most in the world. There were no other women, so I could say that confidently. Satan used the woman that Adam loved more than anybody else to divide him against God. This year, church, people you love will sometimes lead you astray. It may be your spouse, it may be your fiancé, it may be your parents. But Satan uses other people to divide us against Christ. And there is a danger. There is a real danger when we elevate human beings to be 100% trustworthy. Division leads to sin, and sin destroys a person. Division destroys families. Division destroys churches. And that's what was happening in the Corinthian church. And that is why Paul wrote this to please, guys, please don't be divided. Please be united. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you want to turn there and follow along with me, you can. I'm, like I said, I'm going to read a lot in 1 Corinthians this morning. Because really, that's what was going on. That was the problem in this church was division. Satan had got in. Satan had got in and he got... This group clinging to one group and 
they, the factions started growing. And there was one group that, that says, hey, I am with the Apostle Paul and his teaching. And there was another group that said, hey, I am with this man Apollos and his teaching. And then there was another group that said, hey, I am with this man Cephas and his teaching. And who knows how many groups it was. And Paul just lets them have it. He is just so bothered by this. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, he says, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? You're in the flesh. You're not thinking like a child of God. You're thinking like a child of the devil. Verse 5, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? Who am I? Who's Brother Kevin? Who are you? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but it's God who gives the increase. I hope you've seen, I hope you could just see very briefly this morning, the dangers of division. The Corinthian church was having all kinds of problems, and you read this, and it really stems back from division. But if division is the biggest problem that a church faces, a a divided body is the biggest problem that anything faces, then I want to tell you this morning that the opposite is true too. A unified body of any sort is the most powerful force we can imagine. Satan knows this and he uses this to his advantage. In Genesis eleven six, 6, when the people were all of one language, this is what God said. He said, listen, behold, they're one people. They all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they'll do. Nothing they propose to do will be impossible for them. And God divided them because they were unified against him. Satan desires a unified people as well. He'll never have ultimate victory, but he can use destruction It could cause destruction when people are unified around anything else but Christ. There is power, power in a unified body of believers. The Apostle Paul knew this, and that's why he kept on writing about this. Turn over a few chapters to chapter 10 now. Chapter 10 and verse 16, where we get the term communion. In chapter 10, verse 16, now Paul's preaching unity. He's saying, the cup of blessing which we bless, that we're about to do in a little bit, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break that we're about to do, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Many of us in here, we came to Christ at a different place. I didn't even know Beth River Baptist Church existed 10 years ago. I never even heard of the place. I knew a Liddyville. I didn't know a Beth River Baptist Church. Some of you are from South Louisiana. Some of you are from here. We're all different. We have different backgrounds. But when we partake of this, when we come into this house, when we worship, when we follow the Lord's instructions, we are one together. We are one unified body And now look at chapter 12. I'm going to read chapter 12, verse 12. Paul's still preaching unity. Just how powerful a unified body is. He says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. 
For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were the hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unrepresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given great honor to that part which it lacks, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts? And yet I show you a more excellent way. Every body is important. Every member of the body is important. Why do churches fail? Why do churches collapse? Because of division. Why do churches succeed? Why do churches grow? How do churches reach their community? How do people come to know Christ? And I suggest to you today, it's through unity. It's through the body functioning together. Every little hand, every little toe, from the head to the pinky toe, functioning right. A unified body is the most powerful force in the world. 2021, we saw all kinds of things, and the year before that too. And I want to tell you, it's okay, church. It's okay to have difference of opinions on things. I'm absolutely okay if you support a different political candidate than me. I may think you're wrong, but okay, we can disagree on that. You may have a different opinion on a vaccine than me. Fine, I'm okay with that. You may have a different of opinion about a mask mandate or wearing a mask as me. Fine, I'm okay with that. You may think we should do things, we should do methods a little bit different at Beth River Baptist Church. I'm okay with that even too. But church, I want to just tell you some things that we should be able to look at what happened in the Garden of Eden and what happened in the, the Corinthian church, the words of Paul, and I think we can look at some things that we should be unified on going into 2022. I've written down several and maybe you can identify more. But I want to encourage you 
as we partake of this Lord's Supper today, as we go into 2022, let's start 2022 unified on these simple biblical truths. First off, can you be unified with me that we have an enemy that wants to divide us and that wants to harm Beth River Baptist Church? Can you be unified with me that there is a real enemy that wants you, that wants your family, that wants to hurt your pastor, that wants to hurt your deacons, that wants to hurt the church, that wants to hurt the churches of the living God? Let's be unified that we have an enemy because if we're unified about our enemy, we'll be unified to fight our enemy and we won't let division happen at Beth River Baptist Church. Let's be unified together this morning that sin in all of its forms is dangerous and that we should abstain from it. Oh, church, let me tell you something. You're more than, than a member of Beth River Baptist Church to me. See, as a member of the body of Christ, you're part of Jesus' body. And I don't want sin hurting Jesus' body. Let's be unified that it's dangerous and let's abstain from it and let's help others stay away from it. Let's be unified, especially from reading 1 Corinthians 12. That we're all equal in God's eyes and that every person we meet is either a sinner in need of grace or a sinner that has found grace. Man, if our church could realize that, judging would absolutely stop when we realize that truth. Can we be unified? Unified around the words of the Apostle Paul that we all have a role to play in this church. If we could be unified in that, then every member of this body would be using the gift that God has given you to edify his body. Let's be unified and support those who are giving and using their spiritual gifts. Let's be unified and support the preacher by listening to and applying the sermons that God has given him. Let's be unified and support the teacher by attending the class they are teaching and making ourselves teachable. Let's be unified and support our music leaders and musicians by singing and worshiping with them. True worship. Let's be unified and take the office of deacons seriously and call on them when they're needed. Let's be unified that the fervent prayer of a righteous man does indeed availeth much. And we come on Wednesday nights when we can and we pray with the prayer warriors. We pray for revival. We pray for God to heal this land. We pray proactively rather than retroactively. Let's be unified and support the ministry of Beth River Baptist Church financially as led by God's Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 9-7 says God loves a cheerful giver. Let's be unified to love each other, to love the lost. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8, Paul said, Love suffers long and it's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, it thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, but bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Can we be unified in love in 2022? And most of all, let's get this straight. 
Let's be unified around the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which Paul so eloquently wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that on the third day He rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. You show me a church that's unified on those things. You, tro- you show me a church where you give me, look what Jesus did with 12 people. Look what Jesus did with 12 stinking fishermen that were unified around Jesus and his ministry. He changed the world. Well, church, there's more than 12 of us here this morning. If we could all be unified to give of ourselves, if we could all be unified around the gospel, if we could all be unified around love, then everything else would take care of itself. Why be unified? Ephesians 5.27 says, so that he, so that Jesus might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. God wants his church unified. He wants his church unified. I think I think it's perfectly natural and I think it's perfectly okay to have different opinions about things. But really, if we could just be unified around the Word of God, I think everything else will fall in place. I believe with all my heart, Beth River Baptist Church, I believe this new sanctuary we're about to have, I believe pews could be filled if we could be united and support each other and support the work of Beth River Baptist Church. But here's the truth. You can't be unified with the body if you're not part of the body. You can't, you just can't do it. That's, that doesn't work. I can't take a foreign hand and just attach it to myself. It's got to be grafted in. Jesus can do that for you. If you're here today and you can't identify with these things and you've never given your life to Christ, well, you'll always be divided against Christ. And I want to tell you that Jesus wants you to be part of his church. Jesus wants you to be part of his body. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, and the instructions for the Lord's Supper, Paul said, let each one examine himself. And this morning during the invitation, that's what we're going to do is opportunity to examine yourself. If you've never been saved, if you've never given your life to Christ, what a great day to do it. If you've never been baptized, if you've never done that, what a great time to do it. If you've never joined the church, what a great time to do it. If you have division in your heart today, if there is something in your heart against somebody else today, what a great time to lay it on the altar and get rid of it today. I want to be... A unified body of believers, one bread and one body like we're called to be. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you'll enter 2022 with me and Beth River Baptist Church united. United that we have an enemy that wants to divide us. United that sin is dangerous in all its forms. United that we have a role to play in the church. United in love and united around the gospel of Jesus Christ. Happy New Year. Have a great week.